Entrepreneurs can get stuck in their head. If you dream of changing the world, but you're not sure where to start, the Add Value to Entrepreneurs podcast will help you transform your life and business. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life that they desire. You deserve it, and it is possible. It's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by Perfect Publishing. Perfect Publishing is a different approach to publishing a book. Perfect Publishing is sharing a project of hope. We carefully chose heroes of hope who exemplify living a life they created through faith, hope, patience, and persistence. No matter what page you open to in this mini cube of hope, you will find a leader with a big heart. You see you are not alone. The authors may share similar challenges that only hope and action could resolve. Get your free ebook at getadoseofhope.com. Get a dose of hope.com. Today's guest is Leela Veronica. As a speaker, podcast host, and CEO of the Riverstone Movement School, Leela helps high performers, business owners, and organizational leaders shift the physical component of their life. She integrates movement into your mental mastery journey so you can reach a greater potential faster without stressing or burning out. Leela has taught mind-body practices for over 20 years and holds a global vision to connect and uplift visionary leaders around the world. She teaches leaders embodiment practices so they can bring their visions to the world faster. Leela, Veronica, and Robert talk about the connection between mind, body, and spirit, and how important that it is that in the sales conversation, we spend too much time in our head and not enough time in our body. Let your body do the talking, and you will communicate better, sell better, and overall, have better results. Leela, thank you so much for joining me today. I am just so excited. We met actually just a month or so ago, and just, gosh, I was so engaged with what you were teaching and so engaged with the opportunity to chat with you and know, have seen so much value that you're putting out into the world. And so just excited to chat today. Thank you so much. I'm grateful to be here. So I typically start each show just sharing your own entrepreneurial journey and, and what's got you to where you are today. Yeah. Uh, I really appreciate being here. This podcast in particular is amazing. I'll share why I resonate with it so much. It was really nice to meet you and, and to see your smile. And we had a conversation about the smile and its impact on life, the physical form, the dopamine release, the, the way we show up in the world. And, 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 and I'll share with you, you know, one of the reasons I loved that conversation was because a lot of the work that I do in the world is around helping, especially women, embody their value. Mm. And so, yeah. And so your podcast is Add Value to Entrepreneurs. And you start off in the description talking about how there's a lot of thinking, a lot of entrepreneurs are in their head, right? And so I'll share my journey and, but, but I'll kind of, you know, tell you at the end and then start, you know, at the beginning. But basically what I have learned is that it's not the thinking mind. It's not the figuring it out. It's not the knowing that leads to success in any part of our life, health, wealth, relationships. It's not any of that. It is something else beyond that. It's our energy. Mm. 
it is in our body, our state, our full form. And so I grew up um, in uh, Dayton, Ohio, and I grew up with a single mom uh, who, who was not very kind, didn't do me so right. Uh, however, I excelled in academics. And so when I got love and attention at school, what did I do? I did more of that. And so I remember a lot of times the question in my mind was, what am I going to be when I grow up? Which was very much identity based. Never how am I going to feel? Am I going to be happy? <laughs> Nobody ever asked. I never asked that. Nobody ever asked me that, you know. And, and so I spent my, um, you know, first, say, 35 years learning, learning, teaching, teaching, learning, teaching. I used to teach environmental policy at Ohio State University, the Ohio State University, excuse me. O-H. I-O. <laughs> so I was an academic. I, before that, I worked in consulting with, uh, with engineers. Uh, before that, I got, you know, bachelor's and a master's. And, you know, I was always a highly academic person, highly athletic person, though, as well. Did a lot of dancing, personal training, weightlifting, softball, baseball, t-ball as a kid, road bikes. I just was like, you know, I did aerobics. I was very much um, needing my body to move because I had a lot of energy. I would have guessed that if I were a kid nowadays, they would like think I'm ADHD. Hmm. I was always told to be quiet and sit still. But now I work in the world where I speak and I move, right? And so we don't all have the same gifts. We're not all supposed to sit still all the time. Stillness is powerful, but maybe it's not my highest essence in the world, right? And so I really got to a point where I was in the thinking state. When you're in academia, you're really thinking a lot. You know, you're in that kind of heady place, philosophical ideas, uh, I remember, um, you know, you can be embodied, but I never really learned about that. I just thought, 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 thought. And I remember really burning out my adrenals. And I went through a series of yoga classes for 42 days. And everything changed for me. I decided to leave all that, move to Colorado from Ohio, uh, sell everything, get into this whole new, what it, what it's really a mindful movement embodying a more of a powerful, open dynamic movement state instead of a static mind state. Because you know, when you see somebody walking and they're thinking and they're distressed, you're like, oh man, it hurts. And you know, when you see somebody bright and bouncy and happy and lively and wow, you know, like it's a total different person and you want to be around the latter, not the first. It's just easier. And, 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 and we resonate like bees to honey to the people that light up. And I found myself in a really kind of more dark, depressed place. And I was like trying to fight it and be bright, but it was all in the head. So I had to get into the body. I know this is kind of a long story, but I'll tell you, it's how I started my business. Because what I recognized was once I spent about two years in my own body movement series and really learning everything, looking at my body, being with it, feeling it, moving it, opening it, strengthening it, losing weight, like, like lowering my blood pressure, getting rid of sciatica, you know, really becoming truly happy. I, I realized that the emotions, the issues are in the tissues. 
So then I got into coaching because <laughs> I was like, whoa, all this stuff was coming up for all my clients. And I was like, I don't know how to handle this. I'm not a therapist. I, <laughs> so I was like, I had my own coaches. I had gone through my own therapy actually, um, through, through the childhood issues basically that I had to deal with and work through forgiveness issues basically. And my body had started to release and open and, and I wasn't holding on to tension and my blood pressure lowered and all of these things. When I let go of being angry about the past, it took the body and the mind. So I know a lot of people are doing coaching and mindset work and, and therapy and I, I, it's all valuable. However, without the body piece and even like Tony Robbins talks about this to get into a resourceful state as an entrepreneur. You have got to get the mind and the body. You have to get the body into it. So my, my whole work in the world is to teach people how to shift the physical form through mind, through thoughts, but it's really bringing the mind into the whole body. Your mind is in your pinky toe too. What's your pinky toe saying? You know, <laughs> if we listen, it's saying something, the pinky toe is like alive or not. So that means there's full awareness or not, a periphery awareness or not. You're missing out on opportunities left and right if you don't know what your pinky toes are doing. You need to build sensitivity in the tips of your pinky toes, friends, right? I could go on and on and on in every part of your body. It's like my juicy work in the world. But the mind and the body are, 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 the, same, are the same thing. They're connected. You know, it's, it's just where the soul resides. And as an entrepreneur, I started working with business owners because they were the most open to this idea. If we get our mindset and our physical form into a state, energy state, physical form and movement, the, you know, the, the alignment, everything to what we want to become, even if we're not there yet, we become it. it it's like the law of attraction or manifestation and all the stuff. It's the body piece that most people are missing. You have to feel the feelings of what it is in the future before it's before we're even there. And then you attract it faster. You have to spend some time there. So what I recognize is I can't think my way into happiness anymore. I can think my way into working, but you only get so far if you're a worker bee. If you're a happy bee, <laughs> sky's the limit. There's no limit. You know, it's, it's infinite potential. You have to bring the joy to the world and I had to bring my joy at the highest form to the world if I was really going to transform the world. So I have this like save the world complex that I'm still recovering from. You can tell my shoulders, it's like heavy shoulders because I feel like the weight of the world on my shoulders. Like it's my job to save the world. It's not my friend. It's not what it is. It's my job to be my best, joyous, brightest self at all moments and then teach others how, and that's exactly what I do. And one of the ways is smiling, <laughs> right? Like we talked about, one of the ways, yeah, I have all sorts of other ways, but that's what I do in the world. I'm really good at helping people make money. I'll just be honest. Anybody who has ever hung out with me, been my clients or anything, they always make more money, but here's what it is. I Strategy is easy. We can cover that in, in a real short period of time. It's the embodiment and owning the value piece that most people miss when they're trying to implement strategy. And so uh, that is the work that I do in the world. Some strategy, of course, we need that, but really helping people own their value, embody what that means. 
So good. <clears throat> Obviously, value is is so underrated, and and, and our I, our value gets beat up right from birth, right from you know the things our parents tell us, the things our teachers tell us, the things the things we grade and evaluate. As soon as we start evaluating, you know, coming home with a report card that says you know your value is this and this and this. Um, you know, I think I think our value just starts getting dinged, right? Ding, 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 and all around us. And and so that's why, I mean, add value is is about encouraging one another, building each other up, discovering your true value, that all of us were created with this innate value. And that's everybody. Everybody has it. It's this thing inside you that that you've you have no ideas in there. Yeah. And I think women, especially, and 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 this isn't this is simply the, the situation that our world has created. Women, especially, have been devalued, and and you know they they get paid less. They've been put in positions of of less power. They've been they've been put in positions where they have less voice, and and, and put in positions where they have less control, and and so you and I are on the same page in wanting to lift up and, and create environments where that value is released and that value gets to come out and, and, and exercise its voice and exercise its power and, and its influence and impact. Because I believe when we put women at the table and we, we give them the, the voice that, that they have great and amazing things to say and great and amazing impact to make in the world. Yes, 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 yes. I would love to give some women out there if they're listening some ideas. And this is an empowerment moment because we know some women rise and some don't. So what if we could learn from those women? What if we could also learn from men? I believe that we're all in this together. And although women have been suppressed, they have also suppressed themselves and one another. We Absolutely. Seen, we've all seen the hen house, you know? <laughs> so I'm calling all ladies because... The, this is all I know at this point in my life is personal accountability. I've got nothing else. I've already made mistakes and had pain. I've had success and had and pleasure. So I'm like, what do I want? It's up to me. That's it. I realized that a number of years ago. You know, I was like, this is up to me. If I'm going to, the only person in common with all my problems is me. Oh, and that, that's huge, right? I, I don't want to let that go by because so many people want to blame everything on everybody else. It's easy to play the victim, right? It, but the people, and, and you you mentioned it earlier, that the reason you started working with entrepreneurs is because they're open to the idea, to the possibility that that yeah. this could work. <laughs> and that They want it. They're growth. hungry. Absolutely. All the yeah. people come to me when they've tried everything else. They've tried all the strategies. They try all the mindset. They tried all the spiritual stuff. Even they got the energy healer, the shaman, and the sparkle dust, <laughs> and it still ain't working. Uh, and I'm like, your... are you valuing yourself? No. Okay. Well, if you're not valuing yourself, nobody else will value. What if oh. we just value you for like a hot minute? 
And then they're like, oh my God, I just sold all my, you know, da -da 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 -das. and I'm like, yeah, girl, get it. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, um, I'm going to give you a little bit of this insight around the body. All I'm going to do is I'm going to link the body and this whole glass ceiling with women in leadership. If that'd be okay. Mm, absolutely. So there's a couple things. There's really just one particular thing that I want to share that's really important is this fight or flight chemicals. Okay. Adrenaline and the cortisol and the, all of the other slew of, of, of stress chemicals that, that come into the body. It's like a cocktail of, we drug ourselves when we're in fight or flight. We all know that. So here's the deal. Biologically in the woman's physical form, when we trigger and we release those chemicals, adrenaline and so forth, it takes up to 24 hours in the woman's body to dissipate. And up to nine hours in the man's body. So I just want to give a shout out to all women who are in a stressful situation and you're not reaching the top. It may be because people don't trust you. Simply because even if they don't understand why, it's like, it's like um, animalistic. If something's in fight or flight and they're scared, even if something happened last night with your kid, it triggered you, screamed, and it just got you. Like, your kid scream, it just startled you. Nothing bad happened, but then you got triggered and then you're in fight or flight. You're a little off. You didn't sleep right or you're up in the middle of the night or whatever. Those people who are supposed to promote you because of all your accolades, somehow, some way don't trust you emotionally. But they might trust the man because he's already out of it. He slept it man. off. Man. All right. We're going we're gonna to dig here a little bit just because I... I feel like most people think they're in fight or flight when, you know, the neighbor's dog is chasing after them. Right. And that's the obvious fight or flight, but recognizing that the anxiety and stress that most Americans are experiencing in their lives, the brain recognizes is exactly the same as that dog chasing after you, trying to bite you on the ankle. And, and we are spending so much time in fight or flight and then we watch the news and it creates this anxiety that just adds to that fight or flight. And so that not, you talked about in a woman's body, it takes 24 hours for those chemicals, fight or flight, adrenaline and cortisol to dissipate. But we keep rein, we, we reinvigorate, we add back to it with, with all of this life going on around us that people are living in anxiety and stress and they're dumping these chemicals into their body that's causing depression and, and fear and and they don't realize that it's these fight and flight chemicals that are making their body feel funky and yucky and now and it's cognition is off Literally, now it's constant cognition is off <sighs> test scores go down performance goes down time gets wasted because they get in the monkey mind hamster wheel that's just fight or flight chemicals and they feel like crap that's the piece that they don't get is they feel like is, crap they get sick immune system goes down oof, so everything good. they're grumpy they're not the best like co-worker boss manager they don't innovate you can't innovate when you're in a healing state so let's so let's talk about the brain a little bit and and the fact that obviously the evolution of the brain were designed fight and flight is designed for temporary short bursts right so fight or flight is something that's that's designed to save us in an emergency it's a good thing when it's used correctly the problem is that 
based our brain doesn't handle this information overload that people are experiencing and this this the levels of anxiety and stress that people are putting on themselves this this personal pressure to compete with the world around them is keeping these wrong chemicals shooting through your body and then we go to the doctor and we say i'm depressed i just don't feel good i don't feel right and we're medicating on top of these these adrenaline and cortisol and now we're we're medicating to flatten the curve because i don't want to feel this ugh. the problem is that that pulls the bottom up but it also pulls the top down right and so yes. and i'm not telling you don't take antidepressants i'm not telling you to change that yet in your life if you're listening because i just want you to understand what's happening and ask more questions i think we need to ask more questions especially when we're asking for help to get to feel different and you mentioned earlier i, I like, have some solutions i i know i i just want you mentioned earlier that the, the dopamine oxytocin and serotonin and the endorphins that are we experience in joy that we experience when we smile that we experience when our body feels its very best and yes. that's the place that so many people are missing yes and here's something that you're not going to see out there a lot but this there, there's science that backs this up and this is my friend l ingles who created the pressure-free method this is something that i found in 2017 i teach it i've shared it a ton it's helped a lot of people but for me in business i want to share this related to business i had started my business in 2014 i was about three years into my business when i met l ingles we were in a mastermind together I'm so grateful. She's my accountability partner. We talk five days a week in the mornings. We have for over five years. Phenomenal. Wow. Yeah. 7.30 a.m. my time. It used to be seven, but we made it a half hour instead. So, um, uh, you know, we've done retreats together and conferences and and um, all sorts of stuff together, you know. And she's learned my, my movement system. It's totally changed her body and life. And phenomenal. And she taught me her system on how to not, and I'll teach you right now how to not release these stress chemicals into your body, the stress hormones that are getting everybody all sicky, sicky, feeling grody, grody. It's when I was, when I met her, I was doing a lot of my business. I was pretty much doing everything. I didn't have a team yet. I hadn't hired anybody. I just was doing it all. I was crying on the kitchen floor, on the bathroom floor, on the bedroom floor, outside on the ground. I'm like, I just cry on the ground for some reason when I get stressed. You know, at the end of the day, I just like let it all go and hold it on, work all day and then cry at the end of the day. Like, this is so hard. And <laughs> I met her. I learned her system. It actually took me uh, uh, six months to have my first full day without triggering stress hormones. Six months of practice. So I just want to say be gentle on yourself if you choose to do this. Here's the deal. There's a 10 second window between the time you're triggered like a loud noise, you think something, you know, you're scared about your health or money or something about a person, a relationship, some problem, challenge in your life, whatever's going on, this trigger or a loud noise, something, a smell, something you've seen in your house, a dirty corner that hasn't been cleaned in a minute, it's getting on your nerves, anything that's triggering you, getting you. Between the time you, that trigger happens and your body the heart rate goes up and your body releases then adrenaline and so on and all the chemicals thereafter. There's an opportunity to shift your state. I'll give you some tools in a second. 
but shift your state so that you don't release theft. So if you can know your triggers, you have to do some physical movement. So one thing you can do, number one, is smile. Soften your belly button and breathe. Smile, soften. Because if you're in fight or flight, your belly button tightens. All this whole tight belly button thing we've been told, six-pack abs, stop it. Soften your belly button away from your spine. Relax your belly. Okay, open your jaw, open your breath, smile. You can't be running from a tiger, right? Fight or flight. If you're smiling, smile, soft belly. And then I always recommend, you know, uh, open your arms up. You can lift your arms up over your head, you know, like you're winning a race, winning. You know, you can say something, a really positive affirmation. For example, um, maybe something like, time for women is a big stressor. A lot of research around this time. So you might be like, I don't have time. Well, let's, let's just pause for a moment because you've got the same amount of time as everybody else in this moment. So you put all your, your arms out, you smile, soft belly, arms out, and you say, I have all the time in the world. Because in that moment, you do. And you have all the time in the world. So there's these little tools you can use, and, and it's really about mind-body connection. So I'm going to give you an example. I went to Michigan a couple years ago to host a retreat with my friend out, the Becoming Superhuman Retreat, because we believe people can become very much of a superhuman if they can get rid of fight or flight and you know, know that they deserve a beautiful life, you know, whatever that means to them. That's superhuman. So I went, we had a great retreat. I'm leaving at the airport. I'm checking in. Check in, go to the security, take off my shoes, pull out your laptop, pull out my laptop, no laptop. I'm like, <gasps> I hear my mind go, oh crap. <laughs> my inner voice. <gasps> so what do I do? I had just left this retreat teaching this stuff and sharing this stuff and learning more and all of this and, and really playing with this, right? <laughs> Presence, awareness, softening, staying in you know my highest being form, here's, light. And then I'm like, here's your oh, test. Oh crap. So I was like, trigger. So then I immediately, I soften my belly, smile, put my arms up. I'm like dancing. Some lady looks at me. I go, I'm saving myself from stress chemicals. I'm saving myself from stress chemicals. <laughs> I didn't care. I cared about myself because I did not want to get on that airplane. And that fight or flight state. I felt, I, I deserve to feel better. And everybody around me deserves to feel better. Oh, so good. Right? So women can take charge of their feeling state. It's women often find me to be very grounded. It's because I'm not elevated in the fight or flight state. That's all it is. I'm in my body. So I believe that women have more power than they give themselves credit for. Yes, the systems, there's some systems issues. Absolutely. But I've studied systems over the year and I've tried to break the systems and change the systems and policies and everything. And it's exhausting. I believe that as women, we can, we can choose our own state and shift it just by the way we show up in the world. The, the, we can break the glass ceiling by becoming fully present and in and, and, and our fullest brightness instead of in fight or flight. I really do believe that. Rather. Well, ultimately that this all applies to men too. <laughs> And men, all and of the, us can be the, in power. Absolutely. And you mentioned the chemical advantage that men have had is that their body processes those fight and flight chemicals faster 
And so they're out of it and they're out of it more naturally, even even if they keep putting themselves back into it, they they're getting bigger gaps. Well, and I think women women aren't getting those bigger gaps because of the stressors and the positions that they that they've kept themselves in. And and they keep repeating the, the negative chemicals rather than finding, like you said, more grounded. Well, not only am I more grounded, but I'm also experiencing more joy and, and peace and and love because I'm living in the positive chemicals that my body's designed to experience more, more often. You can't overdose on those chemicals. Just to be clear, your body doesn't go yuck if you get too much dopamine, <laughs> oxytocin, and, 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 you know, those endorphins. Our body loves those and it, and they feel really good. And, and so why not get more of those in you instead of that, you know, adrenaline and cortisol that just causes your body to because your body is. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book, Dream Life Planner, Move from Tired and Overwhelmed to Free and Empowered by Noelle L. Peterson, available on Amazon, or you can order a personalized signed copy at empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R, to dream.com. That's empower, number two, dream.com. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. Fight or flight's a real thing, right? Fight, flight, or freeze is survival. It's it, it and yet we're using it, our brain is using it now in non-survival situations. But but to the brain doesn't know the difference until you tell it. And I love that you're saying, no, no, tell the body. Tell the brain something different when yeah. that trigger of, oh, that stupid mud is still sitting in that corner over there. Why? And, and that irritation, you have a you have a choice. And I, this is my one of my favorite quotes of all time is Viktor Frankl. And and yeah. and he he identified this, you know, in Auschwitz, in in a concentration camp, studying his compatriots and why some people were living while other people were giving up and dying. And he recognized that between stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space, you have the power to choose. And, and in his case, it was life and death. The people around him were choosing the negative response, the, the, lack of control, the lack of power, the lack of hope, and they were dying. But those who chose differently, those who chose to say, no, I'm not going to let this terrible, heinous situation stop me from believing that there's better, that there's hope, that there's, that there's good, lived. And, and we each have that same power in our lives. And, and, and we get to choose and in giving yourself permission to choose is where the power is. You deserve it. And that's the thing. It's like, it's not, I believe it's subconsciously programmed into us that somebody along the way told us we didn't deserve it. Whether it be we reach for somebody and said, somebody said, don't do that. Or somebody along the way, it doesn't matter if the bad grade or who the cousin or the person on the playground or the parents or whomever it was who somehow thought we don't deserve something. 
Um, and, and so you have to believe you deserve it. And then this like, how is, I'm, I'm, I'm passionately about <laughs> expressive about this. It's physical movement. You know, if we want to change the brain, if we want to change the reprogramming of the experience, we have to move the physical form along with the mind. Hmm. It's how we, it's how the whole thing's uh, reprogrammed. And we all know it because we think about somebody who walks in a room, you know, that person like walks in a room and, you're, and everybody looks. You don't know why, even if they're behind you, for some reason, everybody's like, feel them. That's what I want for everybody. That's when we're not in the head, when we're fully in that body. We're open, easeful, smooth. So we, we've talked a lot about the chemicals. So that, that brings up the idea of the energy. Let's talk about the energy of our mind and body communicating that you know i mean napoleon hill called it a sending and receiving unit that we're putting we're putting our vibration out into the world when when we have conversations when we walk into a room and and i think too many people walk into a room disempowered and even online even this conversation you and i are having we're we're our energy is exchanging. Our energy is we're, we're feeding each other's energy and feeling each other's energy and experiencing each other's energy. And I think a lot of people, it's easy to say, well, that's just woo woo, <laughs> you know, woo woo magic stuff, but it's very, very real. And it very, very much impacts the sales conversation. It very much impacts the business conversation and, and how you're received when you show up in the room. Yeah. And it's really about the person that is walking their energy. It's either in like their, their full power or not is basically, are they in their head? Or are they just thinking? Cause they're not in the, in themselves. Cause so some they've lost their power. If they're, if they're just thinking, like, for example, if they're wondering what people were thinking about them as they walk in, how they look, if they're, you know, that whole judgment piece, it's all judgment. But if they're just in their body and they're really mindful about how they're walking, what are their feet doing? What are their legs doing? What are their hips doing? What are their back? You know, if the full body is walking together and it's not slumped over or angled weird because they're thinking and pensive in the face and, you know, all of that kind of stuff or kind of lost in their head, la, la, la. All of that loses their power and they, they're not as noticed. You can, you can, there's some people you might have met like a hundred times and you didn't even see them. Because they're so in their head, you just miss them. You don't feel their energy. It's like dead almost because it's all thought thinking, you know, judgment, 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 worry, worry, worry. Um, but the person who's just cool is like, like they almost float through space. It's because they're in their body. People always say to me after I speak, I love your energy. I love for them to say, I love your content or I love your stories or because I work really hard on my speeches. <laughs> <laughs> Always. I'm like, I just really, as a former academic, my slides, my speech, my presentation, everything. And it's never any of it. It's always like, man, I love your energy. And I'm like, well, that's just who I am. They don't even care what I say. I could go up there and and say mecca like a high mecca honey ho and they wouldn't even care you know 
And so that's what I can integrate with people. And you know it. It's the energy. It's simply because I practice as an intellectual woman, right? As a former academic, I have to practice. Otherwise, I'll be way too in my head. But when I practice and I breathe and I move with the mindfulness through space, people just pick up on an energy. It's really just because I'm fully in my body. I'm not with everybody else. I'm with myself. So there's a couple. Let's talk about that. So I guess there's two areas of awareness that, that I want. You mentioned the triggers, right? So helping people. How can people be more aware of their triggers? Yeah. Well, there's a couple things I would say. The way we first start this is we look at what my my friend has this system set up. It's targets, triggers, tools. Target first because you need to know why you want this. Like, are you? I'll give you an example. Are you triggering and like not being kind to somebody in your life, a loved one? Mm. You know that happens. Are you triggering and like not being able to be productive in your business or something? Or are you triggering and you can't ask for the money on the sales conversation? Are you triggering and can't show up for the videos? Or like, what is it that you want? It's, we have we need a target first because if we don't have a vision, if we have no goal, right? It it doesn't matter what you're triggering. You're just gonna keep doing it. There's no excuse, right? It's like you're just gonna keep making excuses. That's just who I am, or those people did it, or so. Instead, you have to say like like for me, I'll give you an example. I love to feel good. I care enough about my physical form, my body, my health. It's my highest value in life, my physical health. I know health as well. If I just take care of myself, whatever I do will work. Whatever work I would do will work. It always does. If I just take if I don't take care of myself, powerful. Right. And so, you know, that's pretty much my uh, wisdom there that I can share. Well, you mentioned you mentioned triggers, though, and helping helping somebody that's I I, I identify with lashing out at my kids. Perfect. <laughs> you know, so I so I identify with that idea that you know recognizing that my anger towards my kids had more to do with what I'm thinking about me or what I'm thinking about it makes me look like as a parent than than what I care about their behavior. Right. So is it something they do and then it triggers and then the lash out or are you already in the in it? And then you're just kind of got something else going on, maybe, and they got and they just kind of aggravated. Yeah. No, I would say it was you know, that reactionary. That makes sense. Totally. Well, it's like so in that moment, like you said, you have choice. Ideally, what you want to do is save yourself first, put on the mask first. And so you want to. When that happens, I would smile, soften your belly, open your arms, bounce up and down. Imagine you put them on a Ferris wheel. Give them a little ride around. They'll come back around. Don't give, you know, don't, don't come back. Give them a little ride though. Let it go just for a moment. Like give yourself that like 10 second window. See if you can get yourself to a point where you're not triggered adrenaline. And then usually whatever comes out of your mouth is wisdom. It's like this fatherly wisdom versus uh judgment right even if it's simple judgment i mean we have to we have to teach children i'm not saying don't teach children things but you know how, there's more choices more options in that 10 seconds if you're not triggering fight or flight that might become like a stoic wisdom right right yeah. where no it might you know my challenge and my kids are adults now and so i survived it 
but I could have done better. And, and I recognize, you know, now it's, I mean, obviously we can look back and recognize, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, home was always supposed to be a safe space. So I tried our, my wife and I committed to, you know what, I'd rather deal with truth at home and, and walk you through the consequences, right? Like I can't take away consequences for bad choices, but I promise you won't be alone. And, and we, we, we did that. The challenge was in that moment when we find out what the situation was, you know, and, and I was not very good at the, Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, and in, and in judgment, you know, make that statement. What the heck is wrong with you? (laughs) Well, how, or, or, you know, how could you do that? And then I was able to step back and, and say, okay, wait, I'm sorry. I, I was wrong, but I've already, you know, the damage is done, right? The, the, well, I mean, there's a lot to be said about making a mistake and saying, I'm sorry. Oh no, absolutely. And there's huge. I power. love that. And when there, there's a lot of parents that don't do that, they might not apologize. So I think that's, Oh, I, I am. Yeah. I'm a total screw up most of the time. So I have no problem telling my kids, look, I made a mistake, but, but, but that's part of life, right? Making mistakes and, and moving on is, is, is like, Hey, I, you know what? I'm going to, there's no manual, right? There's no book for how to be a parent. I combined what my dad did and my mom did and, and my wife's parents did. And, and we figured out <laughs> like, there's no, <laughs> there was no training. There was no academic side for, for parenting. And, and I think that's how a lot of stuff's getting screwed up is because we're just passing on our problems onto our kids. And, you know, the, the, what does scripture say that the, the sins pass on. Well, I think that's how the sins get passed on is, is, is we don't make these shifts in ourselves, but it's hard to recognize what, when you're triggered, right? It's hard to have that awareness, but to be aware of your thoughts and your reaction allows you that space. And I think most people feel like they're, they don't have control in that space. And, and so it's hard to have control in that space when you, when you live in judgment, Right. And so letting go of judgment allows you to have, you know, space to evaluate even yourself. And I think we're our worst critics. Right. If I'm judging anybody, I'm judging this guy more than anything else. And so letting go of judgment. It's huge. It's huge. And, And what I would offer you is I bet you know this well in the coaching container. There's a beautiful space, whether it be you have a coach or you have a mentor, you have a colleague, a friend, a family member, but somebody who can hold like that really unconditional loving space. You can trust them, right? Judgment free. I believe that all all entrepreneurs need that (laughs) because you like you just said, you're going to judge yourself. There's going to make, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up all of the things. um, But you don't, it doesn't have to hurt so much. Right. (laughs) When, and you, and you may not even fall down as hard if somebody's holding the light. Right. And so Mm. there are other people who have been through it. And, And I would offer, I know with my clients before they've come to me, usually they've tried to do it alone and it hasn't worked just like me. I'm, I'm quite the resistant bull. You know, I can figure it out. Okay, a couple years in, not figuring it out. I'm going to get some help. (laughs) If I were to look back 
and tell my younger self anything, it would be get a mentor. Have Ooh. a mentor forever. I don't care if, what, what it looks like. Somebody older than you that knows more, that can tell you something to do and you do it and it works. You well, know? you mentioned entrepreneurs were the ones that were the most open-minded, but they're also the ones that are the most independent spirit that says, you know, I got this or I, I should have this. Right. And, and I yeah. think that's the judgment on themselves is I should, I should be able to figure this out. I should be able to get this. And, and so that openness to growth, right. They're really into personal growth, but at the same time, it's like, Oh, I, I, so that asking for help feels like a weakness almost to their entrepreneurial mind. <laughs> and I, and it's I agree with you. It's, it's necessary. We really only grow when we're witnessed. Ooh. Mm. Wow. Truth bomb. <laughs> I learned a few things along the way. That's all. That's all. <laughs> I share wisdom I've already learned. And it's like, you know, that's why uh, I, the work that I do, it's so valuable. I, you know, I, I'm humbled all the time because I'm like, man, people come to me and I give them the ideas that I give the same people over and over and over and over and over. And it works. And they're so grateful. And to me, it's just the normal, the natural, the what I live and am and learned and implemented. It works, right? And so it's like, it's humbling to share. It's humbling to learn. Right. As in, I'm a, I'm a, my friend, Ellen, and I actually talk about this. Like we are recovering know-it-alls. Oh, so I good. know a lot. A lot of people who know a lot are know-it-alls. And it's like the, the, but the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know, you hear this, but it's true. And I loved, you had on recently, Robert Allen, a phenomenally successful man. And one of the things he said in there was, is my favorite thing I've heard in a podcast for like, I don't know how long. Uh, no matter what level you're at, you need a mentor. You need to humble yourself. You need to realize you don't know anything. Right. And I was like, Oh, thank you. Because there's times where I feel really smart and it gets in the way. There's times where I feel really not smart and I win. And so I'm like, what if I just knew nothing every day? <laughs> and he really opened me up to, you know, to, I have mentors and I have all of that because I love that uh drive that they helped me with um but hearing somebody who is such a high level mentor and successful person over the years still be in that zone really fired me up i appreciate that that well, episode and as a coach obviously i i believe in coaching <laughs> so if i believe in coaching and i don't have a coach then i'm kind of a little of a hypocrite right and and and, and the idea i mean i, I love the the Chinese proverb or I love talking about the you know we're all stuck in this box and the instructions to get out of the box are on the outside mm. and so if you don't get somebody to look at it from the outside and call you on your crap because mm. that's really what it is 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 the best coaches are the ones that call you on your crap because mm. you're telling yourself a story that you're convinced that the little know-it-all in you is like I got this I'm smarter than you and and the coach is going to come along and say Oh, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, and it just yeah. that, that awareness, right. That the ability to see that from the outside and a coach can go, well, that's bullshit. Yeah. Just call you on it. And, 
and it and it takes your game that much faster. And of course, a mentor who's been down the path before has that wisdom that that they can just, you know, share in whichever area you need it in. And and I think the most successful people in this world not just have one coach, they have multiple coaches. They got, you know, I got a fitness coach, I got a body coach, I got a diet coach, I got, you know, mindset coach, got all of these things going on because I need that influence. And you know what they help you do? They're accelerators. Absolutely. Yeah. Anybody who works with me knows they're going to get fired up and momentum on, baby. Like there is no slowing down with this one. I'm not, I've said no to many people because I'm like, you ain't ready, girl. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, you got to be ready to rock and roll. You can't be a seven out of 10 here. You know, you got to be 11 out of 10 to work with this one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've done without mentors, my body wouldn't be healthy. You know, I still have, you know, amazing uh, uh, health coaches that I work with consistently to elevate because um, as I get older, hormones change, body changes, everything changes. And so I want to know for myself, but uh, I also want to know for my clients, you know, it's like, how can I best serve my women uh, in their bodies? Cause you know, they, they come to me for that. I work with a lot of smart women that just struggle in the body piece, right? It's just, they haven't focused on it. And, and we were taught as young kids to get smart, not get healthy. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was like, Eat, our entire eat, or eat a microwave burrito and study calculus, you know, and or so, ramen, <laughs> or eat ramen, right? And 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 get an A in physics. Like, okay, that's cool. Well, how how's that going to work out if I'm dead at at fifty? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so well, I I had to I've had to really rewire myself, and I still have to. What I use is time. I know that I spend about four hours a day on my health beyond sleeping to be my maximum optimal health. That means like stretching and, and good food preparation and, and a bath and, you know, all the things that I like to put together for my health. It's four hours a day. Now I get to do that because I have an online business where I work from home. I get to create my own schedule. I have this great lifestyle, right? But I, I built it over time. It didn't happen right away. I always say if anybody wants even like, to elevate themselves, just like put 10 minutes in a day, seven minutes, like you'll get results if you just do it consistently, you know? So let's, let's dig into that idea that the, the ability to design the life that you want and then build a business to support it. Mm. Number one, it comes back to, you have to believe you deserve it one more time. <laughs> if you think, if you waffle, like, I don't know if this is going to work back and forth. Um, it, it's not, it's not going to work. You got to be all in. You got to be like a, no matter what kind of person, like come hell or high water, uh, burn the boats, you know, whatever you want to say, you have to be like a, no matter what. And the way to do that is really get to the vision. Why are you doing this? Yeah. Like, why are you doing this? Like for me, honestly, like I want things for my life. Yes. I could tell you about the things I want for myself, but what I also want for others is I want others to feel good like I do. Mm. I wake up jazzed. Jazzed. I have a great life, great schedule. I'm healthy. I have a great business. I've got a great relationship. Like, you know, everything is just like, it, I, I just believe that people can 
get there. And, and if I don't share it, it's like, it would be selfish of me, honest. It would be like an injustice even for me to keep this information back. It would be rude, mm. you know? Yeah, it, it's not fair. It wouldn't be fair. I'm a teacher. I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm always been teaching stuff my whole life. And so this is just a big part of why I wake up. I know how to feel good. If I don't feel good, I know how to shift it. Mm. Or I know what happened, like the trigger stuff we just talked about, right? So I can be gentle on myself and just, you know, let it pass. <laughs> Not so happen, let it happen. Love, mm-hmm. love the self-care, love the the the, the self-worth side of it. How has is, how is gratitude helped your self-worth? Mm. So natural order of the world, where we put our energy attention, you know, where we put our attention, energy goes. So we know that like, if you start putting your attention on your, you know, I say soften your left shoulder blade, you put your mind on your left shoulder blade, you soften it up. Oh, it's just like all of a sudden relax a little bit. Like what? Right. Energy just went there. We could do it all sorts of stuff. You know, you're sitting at a restaurant, you start to stare at somebody. They'll like start to turn around. Why? You just put energy to it. Everywhere we put attention to, you start thinking about soup. You see our soup everywhere. Right. And so gratitude is like really all we're doing is we're focusing on the things that make us feel good. What makes you feel good? Right. What do you want? And so the more things you focus on that you want, which is usually things you already know, like it feels like maybe you're grateful for your loved ones. Well, that's really the feeling state that they give you that I feel good around my loved ones. Right. Okay. Well, then you're going to attract other people that are pretty loving. What is it? They do, they're just people that are going to make you feel good. You're going to naturally attract people that are make, going to make you feel good if you're more in that state. If you're in a crappy state, you attract crappy people. You're wondering why people are being crappy to you. Check yourself before you wreck yourself because your energy is bad for your health. <laughs> and so gratitude is really from a, even just a physics level, focusing on that which we want to feel more. And so that's helped my uh, uh, energy, my business, my relationships, everything. Like there's a moment of choice. Like you can get annoyed or you can get triggered. You can bother. You can get whatever. Sad, depressed, irritated, annoyed, ashamed, anger, any of that stuff. And then there's a choice. Do you focus on that or do you focus on that which you enjoy more? So music, for example, is a good way for me to, if I'm like, kind of like feeling, uh, I'll turn on music and get and dance around. I always love music and dancing around. It makes me feel good. So then all of a sudden I don't have problems or I'll help somebody else. I'm grateful for being able to help people. People come to me. They always have, they always will. Somehow, some way I came into this world with wisdom. And I, if I help other people, I don't have any problems all of a sudden. I feel good. Right. So mm. I'm grateful for that person in that, in that time. Right. Um, uh, I would say I had a big awakening. I don't talk about this a lot, but I had a, I basically went from asleep to awake. And I, so people that have are like reborn or awakening and all that, I like fully get it because I was like a full intellectual ashes to ashes, dirt to dirt. And then I awoken. I never heard one single thought of my own until I heard one. And then I heard all of them. Now I'm like, whoa. Right. So, I, when I learned about gratitude, 
it was really easy for me to see that I didn't live in it. And then I did. It was just it because I had such a differential of experience of the world. I went from like clouds to sunshine. And so gratitude honestly has been easier for me. It makes me feel very emotional. I think it's been easier for me a bit because I've had such a contrast. It was like storms and the beach of awesomeness forever. You know, it's hard to explain, but I know everybody doesn't have that. Um, but it happened through me being physically in my body over a period of time. Then I woke into my mind. Then I woke into the light and the dark. And then I was grateful. So, yeah, I didn't know about gratitude honestly, until I knew. And then when I knew I was able to live in it more and then I practice because we get, I get down, you know, if I get, if I get down or out or something stresses me, I just look at what is the exact opposite in the same moment, right? If I'm worried about something around business, what am I grateful for about business in that moment? It's always there. So it, it's just a practice when at this point, but most of the time it's easy to live there because I've, I kind of had this big differential in my life. Like I said, I don't talk about it a lot, but it, it's a big part of the gratitude piece for sure. Mm. Mm -hmm. So powerful. Yeah. All right. What's your big dream? Mm. So my big dream is to have more people in this world walking around in joy. Mm. That's it. I know it's possible. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And everybody deserves it. We were born in that way and lots of other things happen to people to take that away. And I believe it's just a natural state, a primal state. Joy is a primal state and I'm, I'm here to live it, be it, show up that way as much as I can and teach others how. All right. Yeah. You spent an hour with one of them young entrepreneurs and you want to leave them with Leela's words of wisdom. What would you share? <laughs> Keep breathing, friends. Keep breathing, keep breathing, keep breathing, keep going. You deserve it. Leela, thank you so much for joining me today. What a fantastic conversation. I appreciate your authenticity and your heart and vulnerability. And of course, your wisdom and the impact that you're having. Appreciate it. Keep smiling. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, Lindsay Hartz and Robert have a wonderful conversation about how Lindsay became an entrepreneur to take better care of her family and just figured it out. She found so many authors hated marketing and she decided this was a problem she could solve. Lindsay figured out what she wanted and then she figured out who to serve and she created a business to make that happen.